relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... Is America First with Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, and we are delighted to welcome our very special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Doug Collins filling in for Seb Gorka, who is uh, away. He's down. Uh, he'll be back. We'll talk more about that later, but glad to be fitting in. It's been a while since I have sat in here with the team, the great team uh, here with Seb and, and filling in in these wonderful shoes as we go. Got lots to talk about today. Going to have some great uh, guests as we go along uh, today. Michelle Tafoya is going to be with us. John Lott, of course, Second Amendment Day. We talk about Matt Whitlock, Hogan Gidley, all on tap for later today. And we're going to get into some stuff today and and i said this uh i used to say this when i was pastoring and after a while if you've pastored for 11 years and i've been in politics now for almost 20 years as well elected office for 20 years that uh if you state the truth long enough and you stick to what you believe you are going uh to offend some people you're going to say things that they don't want to hear, it's tender ears, uh, snowflakes, whatever you want to call it. So what I would do, and I had this pa- this uh, parishioner come up to me one time and basically said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And so I just looked at them. I said, I'm sorry. And they said, what are you saying? I, I just need to talk to you. I said, well, by this time, I figured if I probably said something to offend you, so I'm just going to go ahead now and say that I'm sorry. And so this is the way we're going to start to show off today. And we've been talking about this uh, for a while now. Uh, and really going to start in Congress, where I served for a, for a long time and served as ranking member of the Judicial Committee, the Sham Impeachment, Jerry Nadler, the whole nine yards. And I've been asked a lot over the last few days, you know, where are we after the speaker issue, after everything's been gone, the speak, you know, former speaker has now resigned. We see uh, Mike Johnson, the new speaker, trying to get uh, bills that were left untouched for months, get them uh, prepared. 
and to get them passed. And we're seeing just a lot of shutdown and, and uh, demagoguery from the, the Democrats in this. So I want to take this first uh, part and maybe this first half that we spend together today. To, let's just break down some of this. And if you want to get involved, please give me a call. one eight three 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 gorka or 833-334-6752. Love to have uh, you being part uh, of the show today. Uh, the issue that we've got here, let's just take a step back. I was asked this question before we came on today. With such small margins, how is it that Nancy Pelosi was able to get things done, whereas Republicans don't seem to be able to get as, as much done? And the answer, um, I think, is going to surprise you and it's going to frustrate you. Here's the interesting note, and if you, if for anybody out there that needs to, to be reminded of this, Nancy Pelosi, when she was Speaker over the last uh, Congress, especially this last two years before uh, Republicans took back over last year, she had basically the exact same margin of votes that we do now. Now, what you did not see going into it, you did not see a massive Speaker problem at the very first of the year having to go 15 rounds to get Nancy Pelosi elected. They settled that before they ever got to the floor. We, on the other hand, didn't settle it by the time we got to the floor. And so we had this play out. And, and yes, I'm all for uh, freedom of speech, and I'm all for, you know, moving, um, you know, the, the ball forward and everybody having a part and it not being top-down leadership. I, I get it all, okay? But that's part of the issue. For those of you out there who are frustrated, we started the year almost three weeks late, because once you had the speaker vote, then you had to get everything started. You had to get your committee started. And that all took um, some time to get started. So we basically went into February uh, with not a lot of momentum at all because we just come through this heated battle. We make it through the first part. The first part was always going to be a, a honeymoon period. Then we hit the first real roadblock, that being the debt ceiling vote. Uh, could not come to an agreement. Speaker McCarthy finally came to an agreement after not being able to get the votes in his own party, uh, voted with Democrats to set a debt ceiling uh, passage, and then actually you know, put the numbers on the floor. This was his first uh, mistake of the ones who didn't want him to be a speaker to start with, and it went downhill from there. I just share that in the indication. Compare that to the previous uh, administration where Pelosi came in. They were, I remember in 2018 when she put, she won the speakership. 2019, they walked in in January. By 20, by this third week in uh, January, we were having our first hearing with a with someone who's going to be a guest on this show here later, former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, who's going to be with us. And we were off and running in their the Democrats, you know, hell bent way to get Donald Trump. And I think this is just, you know, the, we see the problem here. How does that happen? It happens when leadership in the Democratic Party have certain ideas and certain goals that are sort of the baselines. For some of you in the next few weeks, you're maybe next maybe the end of the year, you're going to start uh, and set new goals for 2024. And those goals will be uh, let's you know use the old project. I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna save money. Do whatever it may be. And none of you will believe that at the end of January you will have met all of your goals. Now I want you to think about this for a second. If you thought you were going to meet all your goals in January, they're really probably not goals. They were things that you needed to do that could be easily done, and that you could have accomplished without setting them up. 
if you are looking to lose 100 pounds, you're not going to do it in one month. If you do so, you're going to put your health at risk. If you're looking to uh, pay off debt, which is three or four times what you make in a month, then you're not going to be able to pay it all off in a month unless you come into some income that you didn't know about. I say all of this for those who are listening today. When you're frustrated with Republicans right now, and you're tra- comparing that and you're asking quietly, and some of you ask privately, why is the Democrats, why were they doing things differently? It comes into a f- function of this. Unfortunately, Republicans, and I have many friends in Congress right now, including the new speaker, who I think is a good man, who is trying his best in a, in a very, very difficult situation. They believe, because we're in such bad shape with this Biden administration, who has done so much damage because of a unified Democratic Party on the Hill to our country that they want to get it all solved tomorrow. And that's just not going to happen. The reality of it is that you have to have 21860 and 1. I used to use this on a campaign trail years ago. 21860 and 1. 218 to pass it out of the House, 60 votes in the Senate to get it passed out of the Senate, and then one president to sign it. That's how it becomes law. Everything else is a YouTube video. Let's just be frank. I can have members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. You know, if if they can't get the votes of 218 or they say they're going to do something and they say, we passed it out of the House. Well, congratulations, you're one-third of the way there. To take a victory lap and go out and say, this is going to happen now, we shut down. I heard so many of my former colleagues go out and say, we shut down the IRS 87,000 ages. No, you didn't. You passed, passed your piece of legislation that was sent over that you were then going to have to negotiate it with the Democratic Senate to get something for. If you don't realize that, then this is basically legislating 101, and I'm having trouble helping you here. And so for all of you out there right now who are saying, just shut it all down, that's what we got to do, and that will solve the problem, it's not going to solve the problem. And it may come back and get a little bit. It may come back and get none. But when you're two-thirds down, you go for what you can get, and then you build on the next one. This is the problem I'm having right now. And and I know this is deep for you. It's a Friday afternoon. Believe me, we're going to have some fun in this hour. I've got some stuff you're not going to want to imagine um, that we're going to have some fun with. But I, got, you know, let's take the spinach first. Let's, let's take this meat and potatoes and say, here's what we got to look at toward the end of the year. You've got a Speaker of the House who cannot get 218 votes. He cannot get a majority of his votes on rule bills, which are bills that have to go through a rules process to come to the floor, because if you have five or six or eight people who don't want to vote for the bill, they'll take down the rule, and the bill can't come up. No matter if 212 other Republicans say, we want this piece of legislation, you're not going to be able to get it to the floor. Now, in some cases, their fight is noble. But at the same point in time, my question is, is if you want 100%, would you take 75 Remember Ronald Reagan. As we look at this, this is where we go now. Ronald Reagan said, uh, he said, I will, I will not let my colors fly off the side. He said, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to come back and get it from there. So, folks, I laid it out here. I'm going to finish this after the break here in just a minute. We're going to get back into it, but we've got to understand what we are fighting for. And if we're fighting for what is right, then we're going to be able to win. That's why we're here today. Doug Collins filling in for Seb Gorka. Glad to have you with us. 833-334-6752. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. You're listening to America First with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back. We're back. I know it may be sweet child of mine for this Christmas season, but it's more like welcome to the jungle when you get to D.C. And that's what we're doing out right now. Folks, uh, give us a call. 833. We've already had some great guests. Uh, call in's already 833-334-6752 or 833-33-GORKA to join the conversation. I'm Doug Collins uh, filling in for Seb, who is uh, away from us today, fulfilling a great role down with the Moms for America Patriots down at the Patriot Rally at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, glad to be filling in today. We've already had a great discussion uh, going forward here. We're going to continue this discussion uh, about what is happening in Congress and why we can't move forward on some things. In, in our last caller uh discussed the really the role that we're seeing in how democrats and republicans different function and i want to pick back up on a conversation we started at the beginning of the hour and that is you know what are we doing to actually move the the goal and if you want to call in and talk about this and 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 i know some of you will say you know spending i'll say um the you know which is definitely got to be done in in and we've got to cut our spending we've got to cut the size of the federal government we've got to do those things um but what we've got to do is make a plan to get there uh, i was talking off air just a minute ago and we were discussing you know the remember the infamous ryan budget that obama just uh flipped out on when uh paul ryan and them introduced it when they first got the majority back in 2011 or yeah 2011 um, was talking about how draconian it was and how terrible it was. And it began this process of moving back. And remember, uh, any cuts to the budget, the media will take as if they're cutting their own salary. They're not going to help us in this regard. So we got to come up with a plan. And here's, after all I've said before about how Democrats and Republicans do it differently, and Pelosi um, 
<coughs> does it differently as opposed to uh, how we do it. Some context is important here. And as somebody who's been in the room uh, for much of these battles in leadership and, and fighting as, as, a, as a ranking member on a committee and then working through leadership battles, I, I to, I've told the story before. My first vote in Congress was dealing with a speaker issue. Not that we had anything to do on the first day except we had a speaker issue, and this was John Boehner. It's proceeded into Paul Ryan. It proceeded into Kevin McCarthy. Let me give you some perspective. Since for the last 30 years, this year, 30 years, the Republicans have had control of the United States House for 22 of those years. 22 out of 30. That means that Nancy Pelosi was speaker for eight years, four years at the end of the start of the Obama administration and four years at the end of the Trump administration the first two years the Biden administration. The last two years, as I shared earlier in the hour, she had the exact same margin as we have today in the House for the Republicans, but yet was able to pass a disastrous Build Back Better plan which is, is just a giveaway to the New Green Deal. It's, a, it's taking us down. And, and by the way, what is really uh, funny, if you, just, if you noticed uh, recently there's some stories coming out that almost none of the monies that have been set aside in the transit side and others have actually been spent from that bill. They, 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 we've not even spent that money. That stuff is not growing, which is part of the problem the Democrats are having because they, they can't go point at a, at a pile of dirt and say, look, your tax dollars are buying this to make you better. So they're, they're struggling with that. But they also then passed the COVID relief, the extra COVID relief package that did not need to be passed. They basically gave everybody money. They passed uh, the transportation bill later. They did these things. They all did this, frankly, with the same number of margin that we have right now. And some of you are asking the proper question, why is that? It's like anything else, folks, and this is where, as I said earlier at the show, that I'll apologize now for offending you. But until we figure out that we as the majority are the only impediment to ourselves in the United States House, then we will keep getting beat. Now, I don't mean that you go along with the Democrats and you pass bills that the Senate will pass. No. You start off with a bill that is as conservative as you can get, that can get your majority in the House that has a realistic chance of them being negotiated in the Senate. That doesn't mean you give in. That doesn't mean that you put Democrat parties in it. But you send something over to the Senate, and then you negotiate it. Now, you may have asked for 100. You get it back from the Senate, it's at 25, or maybe even 40. And then you negotiate it, and you get 60. Then you pass it, you send it to the president, and then you say, we got 60% of this goal. Next cycle, we're going to put a bill in, and we're going to get even more. Now, some of you don't like that because you say, we ran on doing this and we got to do it now. Well, grow up. Grow freaking up. That's not the way the world exists. And when you, the quicker we as Republicans get back to what I'm going to talk about in the next hour, next uh, break, after the next break, then we will get better at doing what we do. Until we get there, we're not going to be able to do it. So when you think about this, I want you to think, what do you want to get done? Think about big picture. Think about how you get there. 833-334-6752. Doug Collins filling in for Seb Gorka. We'll be right back. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, 
I love a ball. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations. Class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine, 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. You're listening to America First with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, there we go. That's the music. When movies were movies, America was America, you got Top Gun, baby. Doug Collins filling in for Seb today. Seb is down with the Moms for America Patriots Gala down at uh, Mar-a-Lago. Go have fun, Seb. Have a good time because we're having a good time here because it's Second Amendment on Friday. We're talking guns. And I thank God every day that America is the freest nation on earth and we remain free because of the right to keep and bear arms. No other company in America personifies that right more than Car Firearms Group. Their story is an American dream. Their products are absolutely second to none. Car Firearms Group is your source for high-quality firearms. Visit them at www.kahr.com. That's car.com. I carry car every single day, and so should you. Go see them, car.com. All right, folks, we're excited here to have Michelle Tafoya uh, with us. You've seen her all over. You've seen her here on the show, and she is a dear friend, and it's so good to see you, Michelle. How you been? I've been great, and anytime someone calls and says, Doug Collins would like to talk to you, <laughs> I say yes. I drop what I'm doing, and I say yes. Let's just see. You're too kind. You know, it's Christmas season. Everybody's abounding it here. I love it. Um, well, if it, by the way, folks, if you've not, again, another partner with me, along with Seb and others in the Salem family, uh, is Michelle with her podcast, the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Uh, I've been seeing you've had some uh, interesting stuff going on lately. Tell us what's going on. We've had a lot of interesting stuff. Um, uh, there's a there's another. I like to invite other podcast hosts onto my podcast. It's yep. just it's fun. So we had Chicks on the Right uh, the other day, and we had a, a, just a lot of fun talking about how, how Ivy League presidents really aren't as smart as they appear, or, <laughs> or they're foolish anyway. Um, we talked about uh, Riley Gaines and this whole you know culture of, of transgender that's in, in infiltrating women's sports, a, a spot that it, it shouldn't be infiltrating. So there's been a lot uh, with Rebecca, Rebecca Friedrich. She is the founder of for kids and country. She likes to expose the teacher unions for what they are, and she's done a really good job of it. So yeah, check it out wherever you get your podcast, the Michelle Tafoy podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, let's let's dive into something. I haven't had a chance, believe me, I've been discussing Congress and, and going into a lot of people. Michelle, is you or like me, I just tell the truth, and if people don't like the truth, then it's their problem, not mine. Um, and <laughs> um, we get at it. But one of the things that you mentioned, and I haven't had a chance to bring up today, with these uh, these university presidents. I mean, are you? <sighs> you know, I, there was an old saying among clergy that you're too heavenly, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Um, mm-hmm. I think these these professors, uh, these presidents, college presidents, are so 
uh, academia-minded that they have no common sense. I mean, right? could you believe – I mean, honestly, just, just uh, off the cuff, I was stunned at how stupid those statements were. And I, I can't say it any other way. It's just dumb. Well, right. It's it's it, what was stunning to me was that they were given multiple opportunities to to say that this is not acceptable, that this is against the student code of conduct. But they came up with words like contextualize and First Amendment. I mean, I think at Harvard, if you misgender someone, that's against the code of conduct. But you can call for genocide and it's not. I, I think that Elise Stefanik did a tremendous job of just honing it down to this one question. Is this acceptable? And none of them answered it with the very easy, yeah, it's unacceptable. We don't accept calls for genocide. It's not that tough. Yeah, it is not that tough. If somebody's been in public life, in public office, I was in it for almost 16, 8, 17 years. And, you know, you answer questions. And, and what I have found is, is it's always true. The easiest answer is just the truth. Okay? Yeah. When, you, when you're trying to, to make it cute, you're getting into issues and problems that you're just not going to, to be able to fix. And I get – now, if you and I were having a cup of coffee, we were in a, uh academic setting, and we're thinking of all the examples. Well, if this speech is this, and if it – did they actually make a contextual did – did they actually do conduct? Oh, horse manure. You know <laughs> – <laughs> you're on public eye and, and to say what they said but here's the worst part you've been in the you know more public eye you've been watching to come back with a video the next day oh uh, that that's i was going to say that's almost more embarrassing the, the way that they've walked this back and and i think it's liz mullen uh of upenn had to because someone pulled a 100 million dollar donation uh, it, the word is very strong on the street, Doug, that she's not going to be in that position through the end of the weekend, that she may have to step down. I mean, I would say the same would go for Harvard. The only good thing about this, and I liken it to the the only silver lining about the pandemic was that parents got to see what their children were being taught in schools. Yep. The only positive thing about these pro-Hamas uh, protesters is that we're getting to see how crazy these universities are. I mean, this is beyond the pale. This stuff, trying to stand up for it as though it's freedom of speech when if you say that, so if you if you misgender someone, you're against the code of conduct. If you fat shame someone, you're against the code of conduct. But you call for the, the death of a whole entire, of all Jews, it's not. Uh, it was it was pathetic. Yeah, it, it is. It, 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 I always say right now, now is the, and people look at me funny, and I, I do speeches all over the country, and I say now is the best time to be a conservative. Now is the best time. And they say, oh, but we're getting this. And I say, no, no, now's the best time because you don't have to fake what you think the Democrats are doing, the liberals are doing. They're doing it for you. All you have to do yeah. is say, in their own words, here it is. And so I I think that's one of the things. One, I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. And um, you're bringing out so much good stuff that people need to, to follow you and, and, and hear this. Um, because if, if we don't, I mean, this is the time to stand up and get at it. That we need it's their safety in numbers. We need a coalition of courage, people who are willing to straighten their spine and say, I do not agree. Right. And to say that a woman, a biological woman is a woman, a biological man is not a woman. And all of these common sense, I mean, we're in an upside down world right now. I hope we're starting to turn it because we're seeing such craziness that maybe people are starting to finally open their eyes and say, 
wow, this 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 is not common sense. Yeah, this is Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff. Is we got it is. Look, yeah. look it, it, as much as I love you doing the podcast, your podcast, and your show, and being on with me today and everything else, uh, I still miss you on uh, a certain segment of the world on Sunday nights and um, <laughs> and being there. But you're still there and you're still great. You and I've been on pod- each other's podcast many times. You, I got to get your take on the. Uh, college football playoffs and then also if you can work it in you know where we're at with the professional football this year tom brady's now saying everything's mediocre i mean this is pretty wild yeah yeah well there's an i think he does raise something interesting there but going back to college football playoff i think this selection committee decided (laughs) you know what we gotta do what we gotta do and we'll 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 take all the incoming because next year we'll be up to 12 teams and so and next year will be easier so let's just you know Florida State was ripped off. Complete. Yeah. You're 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 a power school. You go undefeated, and because they don't think you're going to put up a good fight in a playoff game, you don't get a you don't get a spot. Alabama yeah. comes up with this win over Georgia, and Georgia suddenly drops how many spots, Doug? Five. Five. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I say it because I feel for for Georgia fans. So this is this was. Um, really kind of embarrassed. I, I I think Florida State got shafted more than Georgia did, quite frankly. I, I, I do. Yeah. Although, you know, I mean, you you tell the defense, you you yeah. you do what you just did, yeah. and you're not going to the national championship. Nah, that's it. Michelle, you're wonderful. I'm so glad you've been with us. Thanks for being a part of us today. We'll talk to you again soon, Great okay? All right, folks, we'll be back. We got a lot of stuff left to go here on the Seth Gorka Show. Doug Collins healing in for Seth today. We'll be back in just a minute. My pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as 29.98, pillowcases for only 9.98 and rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as 99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows and so much more. All with deals that are happening now. They are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gift for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code GORKA or call 800-829-8468 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. This is Second Amendment Friday on America First, brought to you by Car Firearms. All right, I thank God every day that America is the freest nation on earth, and we remain free because of the right to keep and bear arms. No other company in America personifies that right more than Car Firearms Group. Led by our good friend Justin Moon, Car stands strong and unashamed in their support for the right to keep and bear arms, any and all arms that people might need to stand against tyranny. Americans can be sure that no matter what happens, Car Firearm Groups will be at the front lines fighting for American Second Amendment rights. Their story is the American dream, and their products are absolutely second to none. Car Firearms Groups is your source for high-quality firearms. You can visit them at www.car.com. That's K-A-H-R.com. 
We carry a car every single day, and so should you. Portions of America First are brought to you in part by Car Firearms. And that is, it is Second Amendment Friday. we got John Lott with us. John, how are we doing, buddy? Doing great. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well, as always. Hey, look, uh, it, we, we think about this, and at the most uh, amazing times, Democrats choose to <clears throat> throw stuff to their base and part of that always is the assault weapons ban, which I just love the title because show me what an assault weapon is. They cannot do it. It's about like for the same group, though, this is not surprising because they can't also tell you what a woman is. So that's a it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But uh, it's always in these discussions in the Senate, you know, voted this thing down again, which they should. But we always get into these really bad. And you and I talked about this offline for a few, just a minute ago. The bad information that comes out about Democrats about guns. So let, help us out here and explain why this is a bad idea and also some of the, the stuff that gets mixed into this as well, John. Sure. Well, I mean, even the Associated Press, uh, which is hardly uh, moderate or right wing by any measure, last year in their style book uh, that reporters are supposed to follow said that terms like assault weapon or military military weapon or whatever are weapons of war are meaningless terms that don't apply here that they say you can't point to any military around the world that uses these semi-automatic rifles that are being talked about uh you know as, as military weapons and uh you know in case people don't know there's basically three types of guns we have uh kind of manual loaded guns where one pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, and then you have to physically yourself chamber another uh, bullet there. Uh, or you have semi-automatic, one pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, and then it reloads itself. Or then you have uh, fully automatic. And that is, uh, you know, as long as you have the trigger depressed, you're going to have bullets coming out of as long as they have um, bullets in, in the gun there. And so, you know, military weapons have either burst or fully semi-automatic modes there where you can fire multiple rounds with just one pull of the trigger. That's not what's being talked about here. That's never not been used in one of these mass public shootings around the world. Um, and, and, you know, there's so much misinformation about these mass public shootings. We keep on hearing, we heard it again uh, in the debate and the discussion this week about the fact that the United States is somehow unique in terms of either murders or in terms of mass public shootings, neither of those things are true. The United States is below the average and we're below the median in terms of homicide rates compared to other countries. Um, and, you know, there's countries even in Europe that have higher per capita rates of mass public shootings than we have here in the United States. The United States makes up about 4.6% of the world population, but we make up about 1% of the world's mass public shooters. And so, you know, we're way below the average. And there are many countries, you know, I'll just give you a, a quick example. Uh, you look at mass public school shootings where four or more people have been killed. Since 2000, the United States has had 10 of those types of school shootings. You look at a country like Germany, they've had three. But you have to adjust for the fact that the United States has over 330 million people Germany has 80 million. If you adjust for that, they have the equivalent of 12 that occurred over the same period of time. Um, you know, a country like Finland, which has had two mass public school shootings. Well, they have five and a half million people. 
We have 60 times more people than they have. If you adjust for that, they have the equivalent of 120 on a per capita rate. And yet, for some reason, the media, you know, they would never go and just look at the total number of murders in California and Rhode Island and making comparisons of murders in those two places. They would put it in per capita rates. And yet somehow, when we talk about mass public shootings, the, the media just refuses to go and put these things in, in per capita rates. Yeah. And of course, attacks in other countries just don't get that much news coverage. But, uh, you know, if you... Uh, go ahead. No, uh, let me jump in here because because one of the things that you talk about other countries and everything, we can go right here to home. And this is the fact. Long rifles or, or guns that they're, quote, talking about are used in a very small percentage of... of violent acts in this country the vast majority right. come from from uh, handguns and uh you know blunt objects those are the kind of things you look at so when you look at the the question always comes up is we need to make another law john right. that's not true if the laws were being enforced and every example they give are something illegal why are we having so much trouble understanding the reality that, that this is already, for the most part, 99% of the time illegal in what you're talking about, and you're thinking another law is going to solve it? Well, I mean, you bring up a lot of important points there. Less than 8% of violent crime in the United States, since you mentioned overall violent crime, involves guns. So over 92% in no way involves guns. If you look at just murders and you're talking about, because most murders do involve guns, but if you're talking about long guns, any type of long gun, assault weapon or anything else, only about 2% of murders in the United States involve any type of long gun. Right. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at mass public shootings, for example, uh, only a little bit less than 15% of mass public shootings involve only a long gun. Even if you... You know, you have about 58% of mass public shootings involve only a handgun. You know, you kind of combine long guns with other types of guns. You still get less than 30%, even in combination where people are being killed by multiple different weapons. And so, you know, but yet uh, when, the, when you have these types of cases, uh, they get th that type of weapon is mentioned a lot. Yep. But when it doesn't, then they don't mention the weapon very much in the in the media reports. And yep. it creates an impression in people's minds that somehow most of these types of attacks involve uh, involve long guns. You yep. know, assault weapons or long that, guns. I agree. John Lott, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. John, it's always good to talk to you. You bring good information every time you're with us. Doug Collins filling in for Seb Gorka here on America First. He'll be back in just a minute. Special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back. We're coming into the home stretch. Yes, we're rounding the third kern. We're coming into the fourth. We see it virtually coming in here. It's Doug Collins filling in for Seb uh, today uh, as we go. Got Matt Whitaker just around the corner. But first, just when you thought the government would stop trying to take over more of our health care, there's a new sneaky bill working its way through the U.S. Senate, led by radical socialist Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. So I'm ur urgently asking you to support the Council for Citizens Against Government Waste to stop the Senate from passing Sanders' bill, Senate uh, Bill 1339. 
It would raise the price of prescription drugs by making it harder for pharmacy benefit managers to continue to negotiate reduced costs for 275 million Americans that they help to save an average of $1,000 a year for men and women just like you. Bernie Sanders says this bill is about reform, but it is, in fact, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It will not lower prescription drug prices, and it will get him closer to his goal to create a socialist health care system here in America. But you and I can stop Bernie Sanders and, the Sen- and other senators who don't understand that supporting his bill is a bad idea. From making you pay more for your drugs and giving the government one more control over your health care decisions, just go to www.lowermydrugprices.com and add your name to the thousands of Americans who are standing up and saying you don't want more federal government interference in health care. But you must hurry. The Sanders bill will come up for a vote in only a few weeks. Please go to www.lowermydrugprices.com and help the Council for Citizens Against Government Ways to help Bernie Sanders from giving the government more control over your health care. All right. Bring in our friend, Matt Whitaker. Matt, glad to look at that picture. You know, you're looking good there, buddy. Well, Doug, I'm glad you dressed up for the segment. <laughs> hey, you know, I got ready for this. I even got my, you know, my elk uh, hat on. I mean, you know, it's Friday, baby. It. It's Friday, baby. But, you, but, you know, you're down. It is Friday. Know. I took off my, uh, my, my St. Louis Cardinals hoodie and, uh, you know, dressed up for you. So there we go. I like it. I, I like it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm look good for you. Well, I appreciate that. You see, and I got whistling straights here. I try to at least give the golf world a little shout out because, you know, I do have a handicap. It's my swing, but, you know, you know, we, we play that. But well, we need to get out and play. As I, I, as I always say, I love the game of golf. It doesn't love me back. <laughs> it's amazing to me. But, you know, I find so many neat things when I go off on my, you know, hike and adventure when I golf. So, you know, yeah. I, I see things I never see before. So it's pretty wild. Please tell me you're not one of those guys that goes into the woods to find their own ball and comes out with 10 free balls that then they use to, like, find more balls in the woods. I don't know what you're talking about. You next are, question. I, uh, ne- next question. You know, <laughs> I'm one of them poor North Georgia boys. Come on, give me a break. Um, you know, hey, look, I found a pro B fly right here. It's great. <laughs> hey, let's move to something going on. Um, Hunter Biden is back in the news. And last segment, we actually played some clips in which Hunter Biden made some really interesting claims. I'd love to hear your take on this. Um, one, he's saying the normal standard line that Democrats, uh, that Republicans are just basically trying to take down a presidency. Okay, fine. We've heard that. Then he goes on to says that the Really, what's happening is they're trying to kill him because it would make his dad uh, be feel really bad. I, I'm not making this up, uh, Matt. And then mm-hmm. goes into another segment in which he's basically blaming uh, Russian disinformation for his own problems of spending as much money as he had on women, porn, drugs, and everything else. Uh, help help us understand this. Is 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 he just still delusional? Well, none of that would have been a problem if he didn't try to deduct it from his taxes, Doug. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. We're some about a basic tax cheat, somebody that took personal expenses, ran them through their tax returns. And the thing that I mentioned this morning on Fox and Friends that I think people don't really appreciate this is, you know, he didn't file his taxes in 2014 or 2015. Those have expired. They can't uh, indict him for those crimes. But and he didn't pay taxes. And so in 2014, 2015 is where he was the, had the most lucrative consulting gig, yeah. uh, you know, and with his dad being vice president. But all that being said is, remember, the reason he filed these taxes in the first place is because he was getting a lot of pressure from uh, the mother of his child down in Arkansas 
who you know wanted a lot of money from him, and so he 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 created these tax returns, filed them as tax returns that showed very little net income, and he pled poverty, and all of his expenses were the things that you point out. So I mean, this is somebody that has been trying to game the system, and I think the the only reason the president is relevant in this is because at the end of the day, he was given fifty percent of his money to his dad. At least he says that in a text message to his own daughter. Right. And so, you know, Joe Biden is implicated in all this. Well, that brings us up to the, the next question. And, and look, we understand that, you know, how the whole thing would work in the, in the House and the Senate dynamic and everything else. But the investigations need to happen no matter where this goes, because people have been lied to, at least among the evidence that has been presented so far, have been lied to by Joe Biden about not knowing about his son, not knowing about these sources of income. And if anything, this at least this case now with Weiss um, brings out the fact that there was income involved. I mean, if you were to listen to some of the mainstream media stories, Hunter Biden's been on poverty for 20 years. That They don't know where this money just popped up at. So is that going to be something that I think plays even more so in people's mind that there is this income trail, that there has been lies done about it um, that makes a difference? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Obviously, if this was just about Hunter Biden, then the Congress, you know, shouldn't be involved because it doesn't, you know, there's no, nobody that's right. impeachable because, you know, Hunter Biden's a private citizen. But, you know, what makes this very interesting is the fact that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, uh, was potentially being bribed by foreign companies. And, I, you know, there's just so many facts in this and so much of it, I think the American people have heard and they haven't really connected the dots, uh, but you know it's 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 his role, uh, getting a million dollars a year, being on the board of directors of Burisma, who when he was on the board of Burisma, he made it, he was with his company uh, that was a Ukrainian oil and gas company, in I think Abu Dhabi, and you know they made a call to Joe Biden, and that call ultimately led to the firing of the prosecutor who was investigating. Burisma, the very company he was getting million dollars a year from, uh, because Joe Biden, as vice president, held up loan guarantees for the country of Ukraine, and they and they ultimately decided they'd rather have the loan guarantees than this prosecutor. And so, you know, it was all related. And remember, Doug, the other thing that I I know you I don't want to bring some PTSD for you, but remember that this was the whole reason that the president had the perfect phone call in the first yep. place that. Donald Trump had the perfect phone call and ultimately was impeached uh, by the House of Representatives for that, which turned out to, quite frankly, be legitimate. Like, could you look into this corruption issue? And all of this was done on the backdrop, ultimately. And you mentioned Joe Biden lying to the American people about Hunter and what he was doing and his knowledge of what Hunter was doing. All that, those lies were made to try to get elected and ultimately be elected president of the United States from his basement in the middle of COVID. Exactly. And one of the things that we're we're looking at here, and I think it has to be is bringing back that time, we knew there were problems. And I think this was the part that when we were looking at it from a perspective, uh, Matt is saying when we went through that sham impeachment, and then there were several things that we were looking at. Not only we knew that there were Biden issues, we knew that there were some things going on, but we also knew that what was happening with um, the FBI and the Department of Justice during this time were, were implicating – uh, some bad activity. Um, 
when we get back, we're going to go to a break here right quick. But when we get back, Matt, here's a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to hit the debates coming up, but I also want to hit why do you think that these indictments came out now? I've got a couple of opinions on it, but I think it's something we can actually talk about uh, as we go ahead. So, uh, folks, uh, Matt Whitaker's with us. I'm glad to have him with us. We've got still a lot more to go here on the show. Uh, go take a quick break and come back and join us. We'll be right back. You're listening to America First with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back. Yes, yes, we got it rocking here today. All right, back with Matt Whitaker. Matt's with us. Uh, Matt, let's pick back up on this. Uh, why the indictments came down today, um, 1st of December. Um, a couple of cons- theories here. One is they did it so that they could keep Hunter out of Congress where he might spill more issues, and the other two is to keep it out of the election. What to say you, my friend? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, first of all, the bumper music is amazing. I mean, Almond Brothers going out, and we got Skinner coming in. I mean, this is—I uh, feel like I'm a guy from Georgia. Hey, got it, baby. Hey, we know what the—we sm- know what the smell is, baby. We know what it is. <laughs> that was the, right. going at it. Ooh, that smell. Uh, so, the long story short is, you're, I think I think there's actually three things. You're right. Uh, you know, not having Hunter testify when he's been subpoenaed on the 13th. Obviously, is uh, everybody on the left's goal, keeping it out of an election year. Uh, obviously, they don't want to be accused of election interference. Uh, I think the third thing is David Weiss uh, it probably feels this is personal now. He was embarrassed and criticized, and you know you can't ignore that when it's happening. And the fact that he had tried to take the gun charges and the tax charges, which by my count involves about nine felonies now that have right. been charged. And tried to get rid of it with a, a deferred uh, judgment together with a misdemeanor plea to no jail time uh, shows you what a sweetheart deal that would be. Um, you know, it is um, it, it's 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 just terrible. It's, yeah. it's terrible. And I think Weiss is trying to save his career, save face. Uh, you know, he's got no home now. I mean, obviously, he, allegedly a trump appointee he was really a delaware appointee had been in that office for a long time and and i just you know this whole situation just smells uh talk about that smell we know exactly what that smell is is this a sweetheart deal that biden almost got away with oh it did it did and and you know and you see you used to work with these you know the uh, u.s attorneys and stuff and have to deal with this especially in your role in acting attorney general it's just amazing to see how this is catching up with them and, and it's and it's just you know it's, and it's an embarrassment uh, another one that we and and to be honest it's going to be how bad it is the other part that is where you see slow dragging with the biden's is in the document case i don't even i can't even remember the name of the prosecutor who was put in charge of it because Rob, i think he Rob, name you're looking for I think he's in the witness protection program because, honest to God, I don't know where he's. No, at. he came. Uh, well, so he didn't come out. I guess they they leaked that there would be no charges, right? Did I, yeah. did I see that? I don't know. They they leaked something, but it's like, are you kidding me? Then then the the other issue ought to be dropped immediately. The Trump documents ought to be dropped immediately. Nobody. I mean, this is ridiculous. Let's get to an, let's get to other ridiculous. When Chris Christie is the one who has the most memorable line and the most truthful line of a debate. Then you need to take a step back for a minute. When Chris Christie the other night said at the uh, debate in which I have no idea how you even found the debate, much less watched it. But anyway, um, you went to it. The He said, 
And he, it was so poignant. He looked at there, and you could see it. He pointed to the other three. He said, the sad part about this is that the other three up here think they're debating each other for the nomination. And it points out that Donald Trump is winning the nomination. Donald Trump is not is the winner of the debates. Uh, was it NBC actually went to Atlanta? Thirty people in a focus group. Eighteen of them voted for Donald Trump after the after the debate. When when can we put a stop to this? This is I mean at this point it's not helping. Let them run all they want, but quit putting this out there. It's just it's just not good at this point. Yeah, it's not good. And remember, it was on News News Nation and simulcast on the CW, which I know you probably watch a lot of uh, Golden Girl re- re- reruns on the CW. Wow. Um, yeah. But but you're right. I mean, you know, Donald Trump. I'm in Iowa, obviously, uh, and you know, Donald Trump has uh, has it wrapped up. We just need to have the caucuses on the 15th. He'll go to New Hampshire. Uh, and then, I, I, you know, I think if we performs the way the polls suggest, Donald Trump not only will have it wrapped up after those two states. Now, that being said, obviously, it's a long slog um, as we go through 24. But, the you know, the, all the eyes should be focused on uh, getting Joe Biden and his corruption out of the federal government and, you know, trying to right. trying to, un, you know, get, get the deep state uh to finally implement an agenda that is for the benefit of the american people and you know i just you know as i get around uh this country but especially in my home state of iowa it just strikes me how much joe biden is not working for the american worker the american family and it's he's really just trying to help his agenda uh you know i mean nobody in iowa is trying to get an electric vehicle they know that it is unreliable, that it's hard to drive around. And, you know, if you're going to drive across the state, there's really nowhere to charge it when you get halfway and you run out of charge. So, um, you know, these all these issues that Joe Biden stands for are really not the the issues that mom and dad are sitting around talking at their at their family table right now. I agree. Matt Whitaker, author Above the Law, great friend. Uh, Also, let me just put in here one thing, though. Iowa, if you're voting for Trump, you got to show up at the caucuses. Matt, it's always good to be with you, buddy. All right, good to see you, Doug. Thank you. All right, folks, we got one more segment. Hogan Gidley's going to be on with us, and uh, with Hogan, then we got one more time, and we're almost out, so don't miss it. We'll be right back. You're listening to America First with special guest host. Former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back. Don't bring me down. America First listeners, you've not brought me down today. We have had a blast. It is still a few minutes left to go, but this Doug Collins filling in for Seb uh, today. We're excited to have you. If you still, I know some of you say, how can I find out more about where this guy talks? And you hear him go to the Doug Collins podcast. You've seen it all along. You get me three days a week. Go to the Doug Collins podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll get these information when I'm not here on the show with uh, America First and Seb. So we're glad to have him. He's down with Moms for America down in Mar-a-Lago. But right now we have with us a good friend, a communicator extraordinaire, and I'm frankly glad that we just have him on the phone and not Skype because uh, he would make me look uh, rather shabby in comparison because he is also one of the better dressers that I've seen around. Hogan Gidley's with us. Hogan, how we doing, buddy? I'm good. First of all, you know, being the best dressed. Uh, well, you didn't say best dress, but a good dresser in Washington, D.C. 
not really a high bar. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's the way to put it. We do have a picture of you here. Look, right at the dapper with your pocket square and everything else. Hey, uh, Liz, Ch- Liz Cheney has been out on her book tour, but uh, making the argument that Democrats are making right now about democracy. I want you to hear this uh, clip, and then let's talk about it, because I think it's going to be a big issue in the next, next, 24, next 12 months. Do you think that our democracy is at risk with Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House? Uh, I do think that um, we have to be very concerned about the fact that he has shown um, a willingness to to take steps that he knows to be wrong in order to placate Donald Trump. And um, that was the thing that surprised me the most, I think. Uh, I had not understood that that was Mike's character. I, I thought that he was a man of character and a man of honor. Um, but But when I watched again and again and again, Throughout this period, um, his willingness, you know, essentially to do things without any basis in law. Okay, Hogan, let's let's think about what she just said there. She's basically, I'm going to break it down and make it real simple for the uh, for some of the folks in the audience. Saying basically, if you don't agree with me, then you're un, you're you you have no basis and no uh, backbone. But they're making the bigger argument that that Donald Trump being elected is a threat to democracy. Talk about that a second. Yeah. Um, here's how you know it's not, because he was already president. <laughs> yep. Like, it's one thing to be, I'm a governor, I'm a senator, I'm trying to, I'm a businessman, I'm trying to run for president. I'm promising you I won't make it a bad place. I promise you all these things. He already was president, okay? And while Liz Cheney and others in this little cavalcade of self-loathing Republicans, of, you know, lovable loser Republicans— are, are, you know, the ones that, that, that jettison all their principles uh, whenever they can to side with the, the, the Democrats and be kind of the court gestures over on that side of the aisle and, and kind of play the part well for them so they can go on MSNBC or CNN or somewhere else. Like, he already was president. That is such a specious claim. It's so ridiculous. And someone like her, she's just not a serious person anymore. I mean, she just isn't. And Donald Trump improved the, the lives of all Americans, regardless of race, religion, color, or creed. He had successes where we were energy independent for the first time in decades, made trade deals that actually benefited American workers, peace deals that no one thought possible. Everyone mocked him, said he was going to send the Middle East into turmoil. Now look what we've got. All the experts are back in charge, all the adults. How's that working out? Um, you know, hostages back at record numbers. These are just a handful of things he was able to accomplish, not to mention securing the southern border, making the economy explode and, and make better futures for not just us, but for generations to come. He has a body of work to look at here. And so when you put someone like Joe Biden up against Donald Trump in an upcoming election, the first time around, Joe Biden was in that basement and protected. Now he's not. And Doug, you and I have been conservatives, Republicans for a long time. You used to have to point back to Reagan and say, wow, look at how good we were in the 80s. This was two years ago we had all these successes. So spare me, Ms. Cheney, on what you're doing. There's a reason of what you're doing and saying. There's a reason you got voted out of office. It's because the people in your state understood the fact that you were no longer supporting America first principles, America first policies. That quite frankly, 80% of this country, when you take party out of it, 80% of this country uh, supports. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the, the, uh, the sad issue of this. It has become very personal. It's become, you know, whatever we can do because I, I, I don't agree and I didn't get what I want. Brings us to another interesting issue here, and that is the debates. And I know you were down in Tuscaloosa uh, this past uh, week as well. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. Now tell me how much that hurts your heart. As a Georgia fan, and I'm an Ole Miss fan, I, I had to go to Tuscaloosa? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, uh, well, I, I noticed the college football playoffs team said you had to go there, so that was where you had to go. <laughs> yeah, it, look, I'm, I'm okay with some things. We'll have to deal with the hurt on some other angles. But, yeah, in Tuscaloosa, um, when Chris Christie is the one that actually says the most poignant line of the night, when he says that, and I, and I brought this up with Matt Whitaker a few minutes ago, and I said, you know, when he looks at the other three, and he said these three, he's almost said it in a pathetic way, he said these three still think that they're debating each other for the nomination. And the and he recognized the fact that Donald Trump is the is the nominee. Donald Trump is winning this. How much though do you think? And I'm curious from your communicator perspective, has Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and Vivek is in his own world uh, and community have really hurt themselves in these debates that sh- frankly probably should not have happened as many as they have with the RNC sponsoring them like they have. You mean? Look, um, they look about look. Debates are about creating moments and 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 taking those moments and turning them into momentum, and then ultimately taking momentum and making it a movement. Remember when Kamala Harris, our esteemed vice president, called Joe Biden a segregationist and a sex criminal from the debate stage? Had T-shirts ready. Yep. Didn't didn't capitalize her. She couldn't use that to her advantage, other than to sell some sell some cotton, right? Get yep. those T-shirts out of the out of the deal. Um, it's hard when you have a prime time debate with prime time issues, but the prime time player isn't there. Okay, even when Donald Trump's in the not in the room, he's sucking oxygen out of it. When he's there, good luck. You're not going to get a word in edgewise, and he's going to take things over. But he does the same thing even when he's not in the state. For heaven's sakes. It's clear that Donald Trump has a stranglehold on this nomination right now, and barring some unforeseen crazy happening uh, with the with the leftists going after him, it's going to stay that way. Yeah, okay? it is. It is. Uh, it is. And it's hard. It's hard for someone to to debate and take take support away from Donald Trump when he's not even up on the stage to defend himself or have a conversation. He just said, "Nope, not going." Yep, that's it. Hogan, you hit it perfectly, buddy. It's always good to have you. We're going to be back for the last segment here on the America First Show. Doug Collins. We'll see you in just a second. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 